0: Hey, Blinders, on this week's show, the Rings of Power premieres. We're joined by CEO of Marcus Theatres to talk about an awesome initiative kicking off this weekend. And we do the Kevin Smith
1: tier list. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.
0: Welcome to episode number two hundred and twenty-eight of Real Blend, a podcast that's not saying anything about you now. Okay? They're talking about fictional characters. Fictional Fictional characters. characters. Am I getting through to you at all? (laughs) That was very good. (laughs) What the f
3: is the that was an actual? (laughs) That was an actual performance.
0: They're not saying anything about you now. Fictional character. <laughs> that's what, that, that's so.
3: what I want to scream at most people on the internet that are arguing about, of course, anything.
0: <laughs> that's like the only line from that that I could read that that's like safe to say on the yeah. You want to go ahead
4: and do uh, Jay's rap from the beginning outside of the uh, store for us, real quick? <laughs> I will quick.
0: leave that out of it. Okay, well, um, it just
4: starts with a great. Great word.
0: My name is uh, Sean O'Connell, the managing editor at Cinema Blend, and I am the co host of Real Blend. uh, And on this week's show, we got a lot of Kevin Smith coming your way. We're doing a Kevin Smith tier list on the show, uh, which is going to be difficult because we have to pick his masterpiece. That's how we do it with directors. Uh, The Rings of Power is going to premiere this week, and we're also joined by uh, the CEO of Marcus Theaters, who's going to be talking about a very cool initiative. Uh, that's hitting on Saturday, September 3rd, uh, kicking off the weekend. So we're going to get to that in a minute. And by we, I mean Kevin McCarthy, Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. Hello, Kevin.
4: Hello, Sean, Jake, Gabriel. Good to see you guys this morning or Kevin. afternoon or evening, whatever time anyone's listening to this.
0: And it's uh, also Jake Hamilton of Fox 32, and, uh, Chicago. Hi, Jake. How are you,
4: Mr. O'Connell? How are you, sir?
0: I'm well, I'm doing very well. And then Gabe Kovach is sitting in the chair uh and uh is presiding over this lunacy uh which you can watch on youtube if you would like to head over to youtube dot uh, com backslash Roblin podcast and you should because we're all very good looking show. <laughs> I really I have to admit that I really do enjoy Friday mornings um after the show's been out for like an hour or two and I'll remember and I'll be like oh shoot let me go over and check and then like we have some nice comments underneath and And any episode that kind of hits like a thousand, I know thousands like a benchmark, but like we've established on this show that I I like nice round numbers and and that stuff makes me really happy. So so please go to the YouTube channel and watch it and uh, hit like and subscribe and follow us over that way. Maybe Uh, refresh a few times. Yeah. And let a friend know also what we're doing over here. And uh, of course, we're available all the different places you can get audio podcast needs met. Uh, If you really like the show and you want more of the show, uh, including an additional segment on Monday and then this Monday, from what I understand, we're going to be playing something called the box office game, which is my favorite game that we play. Uh, Check the description for information, how you can sign up for real blend premium and getting fun things like a newsletter uh, and, you know, the opportunity to send us questions through a mailbag and all that jazz Basically, more real blend, more fun stuff from these guys. I was going to say something.
4: No. Oh, no, no. I was actually just watching you speak and thinking how good you are at your job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that.
4: I'm being serious. Like, you I, I, suck I, up. No, no, no. I, I, I had the same. It was like deja vu. There was a moment. Well, I guess we'll tease this coming up. There was an interview we did recently where uh, Sean and the guest had a had a special moment. I was watching. Oh, I was like, oh, wow, they they're going back and forth there. That's good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were vibing. Um, and,
3: then, and then Kevin and I were sitting there like, well, this is fun. We'll just, what we'll what just sit me? back till they're done.
0: Sometimes you got to get out of the way of greatness, guys.
3: <laughs> <Sure>.
0: <laughs> just let it play itself out. Uh, i got to throw it to Gabe. because, As a Hornets
3: fan, you would understand that.
0: We are, yeah, <laughs> we are constantly getting out of the way of greatness. Uh, Gabe has an announcement. A sad announcement for, for everybody. Who well, not a sad, to sad announcement. To Real Blend.
2: It's a bittersweet um, announcement, but I think it's more sweet than bitter. This is a good uh, announcement. Uh, explain it. And it references uh, what Kevin was just discussing. So next week, um, Sean and I will be at TIFF. D23 is also happening. It's a busy week, and we will not be having our typical Friday full show um, that you all know and love. But instead, instead, if you thought we'd leave you a week without content, we have over an hour that we spent uh, last night, um, Tuesday night, with Kevin Smith uh, talking about Clerks 3. No spoilers. Talking about his film and his, uh, his legacy in a way, um, and a lot of other really interesting things. It was a great discussion and as Kevin mentioned, there's a, there's there is an awesome moment where uh, Kevin Smith and Sean kind of geek out about some Bruce Willis stuff, which was really sweet. Um, yes. So I, I think that's more sweet than bitter, but it is bittersweet. No full show, but in its place, Friday morning. Um, will be our kevin smith interview
4: also i want to tease that there's a really cool david fincher connection to this interview. oh such
2: a great story oh i don't God. want to give too much away next week next That's week a, but, but it, yeah, it's if you're full a of fincher gyms. fan
4: this is a great story also
0: yeah. i want to tease too and i won't again we're not going to tease the yeah. entire interview away but if you 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 guys will get to hear kevin smith's version of him driving us to quentin tarantino's That's true. Right. That's true. <laughs> we talked about it already but he will All now right. give you his take on it uh and also i want to you. tease
4: no i'm just kidding kevin's now kevin's now an uber
2: driver yes he is yeah. uh, At, oh man
0: friend of the show we have to uh, kevin smith definitely friend of the show friend right? of the show. i, can, I think sure. we can say that he's a
2: return hey, yeah. guest i feel like all he, return guests are friends. he had real blend over his house he's, to yeah, watch say, he's a, three above yes. and beyond
0: yeah uh well he's friend of the show until we discuss his films <laughs> In a tier list <laughs> <That's true. laughs> and rank them. So yeah, let's I love start. his movies, so I'm good. Yes, you do. And I love most of them as well, too. Uh, so let's get right into this. This is the Kevin Smith tier list.
2: On the Internet, you may have seen a tier list. It's pretty straightforward. We're going to run through his filmography and rank them um, using a the letter grade A, B, C, D, and F. Um, but this one has a twist from some of the other ones that we we do with, with filmmakers, with directors specifically. Um, we like to reserve the S tier, what we would typically hold as an S tier for franchises and such um, as their masterpiece. And we go as far as uh, uh, giving us the rule that we can only they can only have one masterpiece and we have to agree on that masterpiece. So we're going to go through his filmography um, and the way that this works is we're going to average our scores. So let's say two of us give one film an A and two of us give one film a C that film will land um, in the B tier. And when the math gets more complicated than that, we'll do our best, but we're having fun. And
4: Gabe, and then we've then never then. done it like this before because like what what I, what I think is cool about this is, mean? I mean, in the past, we, we've had multiple like S's. come what, what I mean. is like, and, and
2: well, now we did that we're the Tarantino, like- Tarantino we, had a, we had the masterpiece tier.
4: Oh, that's right. Yeah, right, right. yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Did yeah. That. we did that. I, 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 you're right. I want to do was only Nolan. only our second one. Did, did we end get up on Nolan.
0: Hollywood? Did we do Hollywood for his?
3: No, we did Pulp Fiction. I think it was Pulp Fiction, yeah.
2: Yeah, right. so go back check out some of our other tier list stuff. It, they're really fun. People people at I home tend argue. to um, tend to respond really well to these, and let us know what your tier list looks like. But so we Quentin was ahead. our first one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
4: That's cool. And then we're doing Kevin. I mean We got to do Christopher Nolan, man. Well, I'm you,
0: hoping you I'm, can't do Nolan.
4: I, this yeah, is I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sick that day, guys. Would we have to do to someone do it, like
3: though. would would Spielberg have to be like a multi part? Oh, well, man. well Spielberg. Yeah. I would actually need to go back and like. Watch, watch a lot of like yeah. I would need to like rewatch. Sure. Wow, like always and, and well, yeah. like you know,
0: people mentioned doing an A twenty four tier list, That'd, which I yeah. still think is a great idea. but th- g- Gabe and I looked over the list of A twenty four films, yeah. and there are a lot I haven't seen. Are,
3: aren't there? There've got to be like yeah. nearly a hundred by this point,
0: at, at least. If well, not, no, they if said not they're going to do
2: twenty four films, and then they're going to quit the business.
4: What was, they was they their twenty? What was the twenty fourth <laughs> movie they released? That'd be a that's a great, that's a great trivia know. question. That's a great trivia
2: question. Well, uh, let's start out with Kevin Smith. Let's get to it. And we have uh, we're going to start where it all started, which is clerks. That's going to be an A. A. A.
0: Interesting. I I would give clerks a B. I don't think he comes out the gate with his strongest material. Um you know, just it's it's the fault. It's of a special film, necessarily sure. knowing. But, but
3: we also talk about the yet. influence. We talk about the influence in the world. Uh, you know, uh, in pop culture, in the world of uh, filmmaking. And I think when you look at, you know, Clerks was a part of that. You know, we talk about like that that indie filmmaker boom with with Tarantino and um, for sure. You know, it's it, you know, I I think you know you, that has to play a major part in it.
4: Yeah, yeah. and the and Clerks to me, like uh, you know, I, so I've said this before, but like growing up, like on my walls and my house and like it was it was Kevin Smith and Tarantino. So it was like it was right. you know, these Mallrats was actually the first movie I found of his because of a band called Silverchair. They had a they had a track on the Mallrats soundtrack so I went I went and found that movie and that brought me back to Clerks. And I know we'll get to Mallrats shortly, but Clerks as I've watched it over the years, it's funny because I feel like Kevin has become such a great dramatic director over the years. I mean, even like the end of Clerks 2 um with the jail scene. So like Clerks One is like to me, it's like the it's so fun to watch because it's the beginning of that guy's career and the beginning of his of of the the View-Sky universe. You know what I mean? But so it's like, rough. It I, is I mean, rough. But, but I to me the to me the roughness is kind of the this what makes it so special because there are laughs in that film that I there's a scene in that film where Randall is ordering pornography in front of a mom holding her kid and it's one of my that scene makes me laugh so. Hard, like, 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 there are like moments in there, and then the whole dialogue about Star Wars and the Death Star and everything like that. It, it really, it really kind of opened up. Like, I, I think of Clerks when I watch Star Wars now. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's, it's, and it's one
3: of the great hangout yeah, movies yeah. in terms yeah. of like you know movies where you just kind of drop in and chill with the characters. Like to me, it's it's yeah. the one. Right. I would argue one of the quintessential hangout movies. So you and also like
4: at,
0: a, at an. Last yeah, thing I'll say is this,
4: and we've all seen Clerks three, and I don't think we're putting that we're not gonna, in this. We're not doing yeah. three, yeah. But, but I will tell you this: Clerks three made me appreciate Clerks so much more. And um, for people who, right. I mean, this is not a spoiler, but in the trailers for Clerks three, you know that Randall has a heart attack, and they're making they're making Clerks basically within Clerks three, and they're reframing shots. And like Kevin talks about how they used HBO Max to do that, but. As you watch Clerks 3, you realize like there's a um you know, there's a very famous scene in the first Clerks where they're driving to that funeral. Right. And Randall and, and Dante are in the car and the cameras like whipping back and forth between both of them in the front seat. And in Clerks 3, when they're playing around with with scenes like that, you start to go, oh, my God, it's crazy that to think that the DP was just in the back of the car with a 16 millimeter black and white camera or whatever doing. I mean, it it, it does to me. Clerks 3 makes Clerks better. Um, S- and, I, and I've always loved it. So I'm at an A. I LeSean. would
0: argue that it doesn't help the film itself. But I see okay. what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I can't go higher than I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay at B. So it's up to Gabe to Dude, break the tie. The I'm also going put it, to put
2: it at an A. And again, maybe it's we're having fun. So, you know, I don't, of course, we don't take this all very too seriously. But I think speak um, for yourself, sir. Regardless of like, especially when you look at how much he grew as a filmmaker, story technical all that stuff and not even giving it the caveat of like oh it was completely indie and he you know paid for it out of his pocket or whatever i just think it's such a special film for that era as as one side of the the indie filmmaking coin um when that came out uh, that for me it hits that sort of a status as a film in general okay um this, so this I, is gonna be tough for me not gonna i to argue that hard
4: I, I love all of these
2: yeah all right and i would say and also for for new people when we when the if, if i were to have said b and it was split we round up for positivity's sake, out of the love of me
4: i like that way um i think we're gonna have a problem on this one because i okay well so we're doing ball rats yeah. um this is and my a reminder,
2: favorite. and a reminder i'm not guessing that this is your masterpiece but a reminder no we'll, we'll come back around to to, yes. to get to get those so just if, if if that's what you're thinking we'll put it at a Mm-mm. for now
4: So Mallrats is my favorite movie that he's made. Um, And it's because and I I showed this to him yesterday, but I'll show it now because it's a different episode. But when I was a kid, like I told you, I found Silverchair and I found out what Mallrats was. So I remember there was an HBO or a Cinemax or a Showtime, whatever it was, free weekend. And I bought one of those like six hour, eight hour tapes and I just recorded a bunch of stuff. And I remember going to the TV guide and I was like, okay, so it was seven from Dust Till Dawn and then i was like oh my god i remember that mall rats movie that that that's the ba- that's the movie that has the uh the silver chair song on it so i recorded it mall rats to this day like jason lee's performance in that film is incredible like it is such a funny like just be- i don't know it's it's funny because mall rats is such a it's such a 90s movie it's but i also was a mall kid so i went to the mall every friday night with my with my buddy dan and his parents would drop us off in seventh, eighth, ninth grade. And so just to, to spend a, an R-rated film in a mall and then, you know, being having fun with these characters like Jay and Silent Bob or the the whole thing about getting the tape and like Silent Bob using the force. And like it, there's just so many like phenomenal moments in that film. And then Ethan Supley, is that how you pronounce his last name? Supley, Supley um, uh, who obviously is trying to see the sailboat. I mean, that is still one of the funniest scenes ever when that kid says, Oh, it's a sailboat. He goes, you dumb bastard. <laughs> and he, like, he, He's like, ha, 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 you dumb bastard. I, I just think that's so, such a funny line. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mallrats will always be special to me. I think Michael Rooker is hilarious in it. Um, there's just a lot in that movie. And I, I have, I said this before, but Kevin, to me, has always been on the forefront of pop culture in my, before things really, really blew up in, in the movies. Like to me, like he always had comic book stuff in his movies. Stan Lee has the best cameo ever in Mallrats. Um, and to me, that's why it's an A. Hey, Jake, where do you put it?
3: Uh, it's a B for me. B um, for I like Mallrats, but there's a lot of stuff in there that doesn't Work for me. Um, I rewatched it about a year ago, and it was one of those things that, for everything that landed, there was just something that just really fell flat. Um, I give it the edge of like still like more works than doesn't, but enough doesn't work for me that I just can't put it in the A
2: status. And Jonathan,
0: I'm also a B. Um, I, I'm chalking it up still to a filmmaker who's figuring out what he's doing. Uh, I think Jake. Jake hits the nail on the head that there's stuff in it that works really well for me. Kevin, I'm with you that I, Jason Lee is my favorite Kevin Smith actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Jason Lee's humor. I love Jason Lee when he goes on to do other things. He's I love so him good. In Almost Famous. I love Almost in famous. In My yes. Name is Earl. I just think he's extremely funny. And when he came back for um, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, Uh, I was thrilled. It was so happy to see him back in that universe because I I think he's retired. Uh, so, um, I love everything about him in that movie, but you know, there's a bunch of clunky shit in (laughs) Mallrats that, that is, uh, excusable, you know, it's still a filmmaker figuring it out, but I, I don't, I, I want to try and save a for, for legitimate, you know, uh noteworthy films and i think i think calling Mallrats rats a b is is perfectly acceptable.
4: yeah and it's also it's also like you know again i'm coming at this from a very personal perspective right like that i mean it, I, i'm not saying you guys aren't but like that movie was my intro to him sure. and it was sure. like and, and it was the one i watched i mean i probably watched this tape on a loop yeah. um and by the way then this little tease this is the reason why fincher came up yesterday when we talked to him and that turns into a cool we'll, we'll funny get story into that. as well we'll get into
2: that so, um so. i am also now a lot of these especially his early stuff a lot of these i have not really seen um in a long time so i do feel there's a little bit of fogginess to some of these i also have this as a b but it's it's been long enough that i wonder how much i've changed and if it would be an a or mm. or different um
0: anybody know what that poster is referencing
4: I'm assuming, it's a, I'm assuming it's a comic book. I just don't know. It's funny, like, I don't know. I, I you're, you're more of a comic book reader than I am. But I, which one is it? I'm assuming I see, it's something.
0: No, I actually, I think it's a riff on National Lampoon's Vacation.
4: Oh, do you?
3: Where, oh, it's interesting. I thought I thought it was uh, Army of the Dead, because the girl clings to Bruce Campbell's leg in Army of the Dead when he's, like, standing above everybody. Wait, Army. Army, be, Army of the Dead? Army of the Dead. Army of Darkness. Darkness. Army, Army of Darkness. Darkness. Yeah.
0: Might also well, be possible, too. I just, I always picture Chevy Chase and then Beverly D'Angelo clinging to his legs. The,
3: the style of, oh, yeah, that's true, too. Dude, but what, j- what, who, 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 who leg clung first? Was it
4: Army of Darkness or Vacation? <laughs> or vacation, probably. Dude, when Jay and Silent and Bob beat
2: up the Easter Bunny, it's, <laughs> that, that movie is
4: amazing, man. Oh.
2: We will oh. uh, we'll keep it moving uh, with the next film in his filmography, Chasing Amy.
0: Okay, so Amy. Amy's an A. Maybe. Amy's yeah. an A? And Amy, an to a. me, is um, his strongest movie. Not Kevin Smith movie, but but movie across the board. Um, I think it has his strongest writing I th- and, and his strongest characterization. I think Ben Affleck and Jason Lee and Joey Lauren Adam all give really strong performances. I think there's enough of a mix of Kevin Smith humor. Um, and I think in Chasing Amy was the first time because Kevin brings a lot of heart to his comedies. I think that starts with Chasing Amy um, and he just continues to develop it uh, over the course of his films from there on out. It's also, as you know, a very personal story for him. Yeah. Um, And so I think a lot of that shines through in it. And if, you know, if he only made Chasing Amy from that point out, if his career was legitimately... Clerk, small rats chasing Amy. I think we'd still be talking about him. I think we'd still be saying those three movies. You know, from a filmmaker right out the gate was incredibly impressive. Yeah. Uh, and again, I, Jason Lee in this movie is terrific. I, lo- I love him in this. I love him in.
4: This. Yeah, and Amy also has probably my favorite Silent Bob monologue because, yes. like, you know, one of the best things about the Kevin Smith movies is like when when Silent Bob breaks and and finally speaks, and like, you know, it happens you know randomly in his movies which is i guess that, that that's like his hitchcock thing right like like yep. his that that moment is like the thing you're waiting for what's the moment that's going to break um silent bob open um and that one in particular is like my favorite uh it's just the cuz you know as you said Sean it's a personal movie for him um everybody in that film i mean like affleck obviously like and Affleck's, you know, such an a hole in mall rat, but it's a great character. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, the character's an a hole, but he's great as that character. Um, but in terms of Amy, it's like you really start to see that drama come out, and that's why I think as you get through his filmography and like Clerks two and even with Clerks three, you you start to see things um that were maybe building in Amy. Um, but yeah, it, it again, this is this this is a hard tier list for me because I. Sure, he's probably top five filmmaker, top three filmmakers for me of all time, like personally on a personal right. level. Um, so, is this I, a, is this an A for you as well. Yeah, I love it, and I, I, I probably sound biased, and people are probably going to be like, "Oh, Kevin, well, you know, you know Kevin from that the Affleck thing." And no, I if we were doing this list five years yeah. ago, and I didn't well, know Kevin Smith, don't I worry. Would,
0: there's going to be a couple of, there's going to be a few coming up no, that you give A's to.
4: But I, I want to make sure people know, like this is just you know, I love that, I love his films, and I give that an A.
2: And in general, I would say. Um, if people are concerned about anyone's bias uh who cares we're making a tier list about movies on a podcast <laughs> no, i know but i no. <laughs> i do i do have a a,
4: str- a, a very strange no, connection I, I to mean, Kevin Smith course, so i wanted to make sure that I, yeah. that I that i that i put that out there
2: yeah. uh i think that's totally fair disclaimer and jake uh yeah
3: i would give an ab and A. B, an a. Um, I think it's his strongest script as a writer um i think there's a really solid argument to be made that he should have gotten an oscar nomination um i read his book a couple of years ago. And again, this was before I think I was really following, you know, the world of, of Academy Award nominations and buzz and stuff like that. But from my understanding, there was like real talk about him getting an Oscar nomination uh, for Amy, which I think would have been very Screen well play? deserved Yeah, for best original screenplay. Interesting. Um, I, th- I think it's his best work. Um, I th- my understanding is the studio actually really went to bat like really like for like some heavy 4 your consideration um, advertising dollars. Um, but yeah, I would I think that's his strongest work as a writer. Um, so I think that's a solid A.
4: So great. Heck yeah. And Heck Jason so. Lee and Affleck are so great together. So great together.
2: Um, I didn't know he took um, or I had forgotten this. I didn't know he took uh, uh, Clerks to Can. I didn't know it was a Can film. Mm-hmm. The first one.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It was like I think the Sundance was the well, Sundance was like what that January. Right. And then mm-hmm. he took it to Cannes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because cuz cool. because didn't pulp fiction win the palm d'Or that year?
2: Yeah. Yeah, he won um award of the youth for foreign film and the Mercedes-Benz award. Hey. And <laughs> hopefully he got a Benz out of that. Well, have that's to that's Kevin big next deal, time. Man. They just give you a Mercedes if you win that award or what? Well,
3: like you're on your own 20. to get it back. It's just sitting on the yeah. beach. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> <like> <laughs> <for> <laughs> a church, but you can do it yeah. you have to figure it out how to
2: get it back. Yeah. Um dogma dogma which was a great discussion um on the podcast yep. that folks will get to hear next week who wants to take jake we haven't heard from you off the out of the gate dogma where are you at? uh
3: I, yeah i hate to keep doing this um because i will we'll mix it up very shortly um but i'm gonna give dogma an a i think dogma is a really nice eclectic blend of so many things that uh that kevin does well and kevin often describes uh, what he does is taking toys off of a shelf and kind of playing with them. And what he does with this like incredible ensemble of actors uh, between Matt and Ben, uh, Chris Rock, what he does with Alan Rickman. I mean, the late great Alan Rickman reading Kevin Smith monologue dialogue is just uh, something that I don't think we truly appreciate enough. Salma Hayek. I mean, like there, there are so many things about this and then it again, We talked about chasing Amy being personal. Dogma is incredibly personal, like like Kevin Smith has been very open um, about his complicated relationship with Catholicism. Um, And I just think that so much about Dogma is Kevin Smith at his most Kevin Smith, but doing it at a top tier level. So I I, I
4: hate to to throw another
3: A up there, but for me, Dogma is an A
4: it's also like a a super like like he started kind of putting violence in in his movies with that film remember how that that movie that movie gets pretty you didn't say god bless you when i sneezed right right and i think uh i'm trying to remember before that like it's aside from like joking violence we hadn't seen him play with like Mm -hmm. some hardcore stuff like that like dogma dogma is a pretty hardcore film like it's like 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 i'm talking like not just like like come to my content wise like like the the um the r rating I, i remember you guys remember when we were kids when they would like put an R rating out and you would like read what it's rated R for. Sure. And, and I remember that one was like four or five lines yeah. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> strong sexual content, whatever it was. Um, But I remember, I remember seeing dogma at Regal and Kiln Creek in Newport news, Virginia. Um, And again, this was like right off the heels of like, you know, I'd already fallen in love with mall rats and clerks and chasing Amy. And it's funny if you actually timestamp this for a second and think about where you were at this point. So, you know, this guy has released Clerks, Chasing Amy, Mallrats, and now Dogma. Um, you know, all four of those films are very different. <laughs> I mean, they 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 play within a in a world that is obviously similar, but they're all, in my opinion, very tonally different. I mm-hmm. mean, maybe Clerks and Mallrats you could probably put into a, maybe a similar boat, but Dogma Dogma was a stretch, and it was actually it was a unique experience. And again you just forget how many films Affleck did with him. Like, I mean, like you just like all the work they did together. It's amazing. Um, and Damon and Affleck are so great in this. Alanis set's fantastic in it. Um, Jay and Silent Bob, of course, they're great characters within the world as well. I mean, I'm going to go a as well. I think dogma is an, yeah, it, it, it's a really, really, but dogma is also, a, it, it's, it's a really hardcore film. And I say that lightly because not lightly, because it's not a movie that is easy to watch. Like it's kind of a, it, it's pretty heavy. Um, but also comedic Um, and he kind of kind of weighs that and balances it really well. But God, man, yeah, Alan Rickman, man, what a performance from him in that. That's not He's so great. And I need to rewatch that. I have the DVD.
2: Sean, does this uh, reach the A tier for you?
0: It does. Um, Beautiful. And I think it's, this is the last great movie that Kevin has made.
4: I disagree with that.
0: Um, Because I think it's the, it's the most original idea uh, and and the most complicated idea that he's had, which is these, these angels that have been banished from heaven and they figure out a loophole on how they could potentially get back in. And the conversations that Matt and Ben have through the course of dogma are really, really fascinating from a yeah. Catholic point of view. Uh, about why should they be uh, banished if they were essentially doing the Lord's work? Um, and And... But in between that, um, Kevin also brings this really interesting and in in ways that I had not seen in other, in other films at all, let alone mainstream comedies, these criticisms leveled at Catholicism where, uh, I'll always remember this one panning shot, uh, of, there's a priest giving a sermon uh, and, and they pan the audience and one person's asleep, uh, uh one person's uh balancing their checkbook like and and i've seen this i've mm-hmm. i've watched this happen in ch- in church where like everyone's zoning out uh you know and and so when ben and, and matt have these conversations about like we're far more invested in this than all these other people who who he's supposedly you know saving and invested in they're big ideas they're mm-hmm. huge ideas coming from this director who does dick and fart jokes you know mm-hmm. uh <laughs> you know, of which, which is- there
3: are plenty in dogma <laughs>
0: <laughs> but oh, Jake,
4: yeah. a lot, a lot of feces in that movie. Remember, isn't there a poop monster? The a, poop yeah. monster? <laughs> there's a huge poop monster.
0: I'm, I'm still giving this an A, even though there's a giant poop monster. But but
4: it, it, it's the same reason why in Clerks 2 which we'll get to, where you go from a donkey scene to a jail scene where you could be crying. I like, hate the, the donkey scene. I but love we'll get the, uh, it. Well, yeah, we'll get the point. I'm making is that he is able to have a, a shit monster. And then make up and then also stick the landing like he yeah. just finds that tone. I don't know. It's not easy.
0: But this was interesting, too. Um, when Dogma came out, uh, Matt Damon and, and Ben Affleck were still doing the Goodwill hunting. You know, the mm-hmm. talented Mr. Ripley's. Yeah. Uh, Affleck might have been trying to go more into the action role. That was
3: a, that was a round Armageddon.
0: But people were still surprised to the see 97? their level of caliber. Uh, in a in a Kevin Smith movie, and it showed yeah. how dedicated they were to Kevin still at that point, right? But for them to still be doing crude humor was <laughs> was interesting. It was yeah. really interesting to see them doing it. Uh, and Jake mentioned all the other people who were in it: George Carlin, George There's Carlin, yeah. Carlin's yeah. terrific. Uh, Alan Rickman, like you mentioned, it's also the first time that Kevin Smith started to figure out how um, larger than life. Jay and silent Bob are like when they show up uh they descend from the sky and and save say who's the who's that actress linda uh, linda fiorentine is that her name i don't remember um Take a look. they save her from the hockey the hockey kids <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: i love that scene. linda linda <laughs> uh, fiorentino
0: fiorentino the hockey
2: kids are such Terrible people, they're just like
4: evil. And it's like,
0: but like Jay and Silent Bob like descend down because it didn't they find out like that that town was from a John Hughes movie?
4: I'm trying to remember, it's been years since I've seen Dog. I need to go back I know and watch Jay it.
0: Jay like mocks uh Silent Bob for wanting to come and see the town where like where John Hughes filmed so-and-so. so and so. So, anyway, I think it's just, it's just one of his better uses of of Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, and that's why when we get to the next one, is- uh, I will discuss. That I was um, disappointed because I I thought coming after these four movies, well before I was really encouraged to see the next Kevin Smith movie. This is going to be a problem before you
2: get there. Yeah, what's a perfect tease? Because we're going to take a this episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Better yet, each week during the Deadpool anniversary, players can complete events and receive even more special rewards and skins. If you want to get in on all the fun of Marvel Strike Force, be sure to use our promo code MAXPOOL, that's M-A-X-P-O-O-L, and thank you to Marvel Strike Force for supporting the show. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No
0: long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Quick break. Oh, good idea.
2: And on the other side, we just, we just closed out the 90s, um, and we'll pick back up. We're done with the 90s. With the rest Apple of Kevin Smith's filmography right after this break. And we are back, uh, and we're picking things back up with uh, Jay and Silent Bob, Strike back. A lot of backs in that sense. Didn't mean to do it, but it rolled. Sean, uh, we're gonna have an issue on this one. Sean, do you want to kick us are off? gonna have where, where we left it. Uh, sure, Jay and I'll Silent us Bob off. Strike Back.
0: Because I remember going to see this movie in theaters opening weekend, mm-hmm. and I was so excited um, because I loved chasing Amy, and I was really impressed by Dogma, and I have come to like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back more over the years but the first time that I watched it, I really hated it. Um, What? Because I I thought it was really stupid. Who are you? I thought, well, I'm I'm telling you the truth. You hated it? I thought that the, um, I thought that Kevin in Chasing Amy and in Dogma um, had a nice balance of story uh, (laughs) and amateur, uh, amateurish jokes, like childish jokes. And I thought, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back from start to finish was just Kevin's awesome. id humor, you know, uh unfiltered essentially. And I think that there are still still some really really funny bits in it. Um but then there there are also some un- insufferable things to to sit through. So I would have been at a Don't do it. I would have been at a D my first time through god man but now i'm probably at a b because sometimes the comedy just doesn't no the comedy sometimes just doesn't work for me but i have grown to appreciate the humor in it a lot more um yeah and i i do think it's infinitely quotable um but there are you opened
4: the show with a quote from that movie
0: no i did and there's (laughs) some very funny scenes in it but there it's you know what it is. It's too much, J. It's just there's too
4: There's, there's like, never too much, Jay.
0: There is in this movie. <laughs> in this movie. OK, right, so well, much. Sean
2: puts it as a at a B,
0: which I'm I think put is it at a B perfectly yes. fine. Yeah. <sighs> right,
2: are you a B yeah. or are you an A?
4: Well, of course, I'm an A. But uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Let, 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 let me tell you why. First of all, um, from the opening scene and the opening moment and the two little kids growing up to Jay and Silent Bob. That movie, I was in love with that film, let alone the scenes that take place later on in that film, but the Good Will Hunting 2 hunting season scene is my favorite scene he's Always ever written. Of course. Um, of course. It's, it is, it is. I still can't believe Affleck and Damon did that. Um, I know that they're in his movies, but like to come back and do a bit about Good Will Hunting, which was a relatively serious film, um, and have Gus Van Sant on the set joking about money, Um is just incredibly hilarious. You're skipping to me. over a lot of movie. Well, all right. Well, uh, then I'll go back. Um, well, I mean, I, I'll keep it quick though. But like from the beginning point forward.
2: Well, yeah, I was gonna I, say I, I don't. I don't want to walk through the whole movie. I, yeah, all right, but, I'll keep it quick. But I understand what you're saying. Yes.
4: So I, I, I love the idea of Jay and Silent Bob being so ignorant towards like the 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 movie business that they're just living their lives that they don't know that a movie's being made about them that they actually are owed money. It's a great concept. They go to L.A., you know Hollywood, to try and stop the movie. You know, blunt Man and Chronic, and the scenes with Jason Lee, the scenes with uh, Ben Affleck. Uh, you know, there are lines in that movie that I think are the best lines he's ever written. And I also love the the love story between Jay and Shannon Elizabeth. I dig that storyline. Um, on top of that, maybe the only thing I don't maybe necessarily- the rest of the
0: girls in that in that crew are terrible.
4: No, not terrible. I, I just, I don't know that maybe, like, I don't know. I mean, cause to me, like, I thought Jen was great. His wife was great in it. I thought that uh, Eliza Dushku was great. I mean, maybe those scenes weren't as, as, like, well-written, in my opinion. They're very liberal about, with the word great. I think dev-
0: they are devouring scenery.
4: I, 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 I love that movie. So you guys are, you guys <laughs> are, you a. got? I'm in an A, but I, I want to say this. So you guys have to um, remember, like, Kevin is a huge Star Wars fan. There is a scene in that film where he has a lightsaber fight with Mark Hamill, who's playing knocker. I mean, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I like and Chris Rock. But is that good? Oh, my God, it's hilarious. And then Jay takes the hit off the uh, the bong of, of the lightsaber, the bong saber. And then Chris Rock's hilarious in it. Will Ferrell's hilarious in it. Will um, Ferrell's not
0: hilarious. Oh, in I it. dude, you, you Will are. Will Ferrell is not funny in it.
4: And I, I want to say, you know, this is important to know. And this is probably something that we don't have to say every time. But like, you know, that all these movies came out you know in the 90s and early 2000s so there's jokes in these films that probably don't hold up today or are not appropriate today but we're just talking about these from our experiences (laughs)
0: sort of the acronym for the right right group that steals the diamonds but
4: dude i'm telling you right now i'll I'll end on this that film so i remember getting the soundtrack to that movie and i spent great soundtrack months riding around in my car listening to that and then i would just like You know, when you watch Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs for the the first time, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, when you watch Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs for the first time and you hear a song and then every time you hear that song afterwards, you immediately think of the film that you saw it in. Sure. Like that's what Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was for me. There are like songs in that soundtrack that will forever be that movie. Also, George Carlin's funny. You forgot that uh, Carrie Fisher's in it. She's hilarious. So So when you hear Bad
0: Medicine by Bon Jovi, you think of a giant big gulp cup (laughs) stuck to Jason Mewes. Jake,
2: round us off uh, for this because we do need, it's we, an do need we need to keep rolling. Jake, where do you put it? Uh, it's
3: a B. Um, Jay and Silent Bob should not be lead characters. I think they're great secondary characters, but they should not be the focus of a movie. Um, but Zynga,
2: uh, have you seen Jay
4: and Silent Bob reboot? I thought you guys liked that film. Well, we'll, I get, there. well, we'll get there. Um, oh. I, I
3: the, the Kevin Smith uh, dick and fart humor is my least favorite aspect of Kevin Smith, oh, but I, I think it. it works. If there ends up being like if it's part of like a setup one two punch like we like you mentioned with Clerks two the donkey scene leading into the jail scene I, I'm much more forgiving of that that humor whenever it's like whenever it is followed by like this real like meaningful like something um, okay. so much of Clerks three like the first act is the iconic sort of Kevin Smith humor and then leading into some very real stuff of substance there is no. Stuff of substance in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. It's nothing but that type I of humor. And, 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 and again, like I was 12 when it came out. And yeah, there's a lot like a, there are a lot of things that I thought were really funny then. But like there's nothing of substance in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back like there is in Dogma Chasing It a- or like there isn't his best stuff. It's that, nothing but a movie full of the stuff that's my least favorite
4: aspect of him as a filmmaker. That um. movie is making commentary on things that are happening today on the Internet. Think about that for a second. Yeah, but just because it's saying something doesn't mean it's saying something well. No, I'm saying I'm saying that movie's ahead of its time in that sense. I think that he, Kevin yeah, but, has but always we're which 20 years time. later,
3: if it were that ahead of its time, it's 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 time now. It would no. be there.
4: Yeah, I'm just talking about in terms of like the things he was commenting on like sure, the internet sure. and the fictional characters and people blasting sure. people online. Being like, is
2: solid, which is why it earned a B. That will, uh, yeah, that puts it at a B um, and we'll keep it
0: moving, but I will can't say Maul I can't believe
4: Ross and Jane and Bob Bobstripe right back are in the B category. This is B is a good category. Kevin, B is, B C- is t- you,
0: Kevin you would fun. put them all at A.
2: <laughs> Not all of them, but these, uh, those two I would. But you did, you did for sure. But my favorite quote from 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 uh, this part of our segment was Sean saying it's full of ridiculous child humor and I've grown to enjoy it more over the years. <laughs> that's my, that's yeah. my favorite quote. <laughs> um,
0: Jersey. Can I, tell, girl. can I tell a very quick story? I know we're running Very time. quick, very quick. A very got, quick we got story. We have a lot of movies. Yeah. Uh, Kevin was going to have a, a screening of Red State. Uh, oh, in, yeah. In his home for Christmas. I remember this.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: he said, uh, I forget how he was going to do it. And I, I, he was looking for ways for people to enter. And I wrote a tweet that I'm still so proud of to this day, where I said, uh, guys, I watched the end of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. He's just luring us to his house so he can kick our asses. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a direct message from Kevin and it said, that was hilarious. You're in.
1: Yes. That's
0: awesome. Dude, I, I got in on that, too. Why did it never happen? uh i just couldn't get there i couldn't get my i couldn't get myself there he basically no, but it didn't happen it didn't, hap- oh, it didn't like, happen i don't, I don't think know.
4: so i remember i remember i remember this i remember that tweet i remember like people like tweeting to get to his house yeah and like that would seem like such an insane thing to be able to go to kevin smith's house and watch red state
0: i stopped paying attention when i realized i wasn't gonna be able to get there but oh but jersey girl that. who wants
2: to kick off the jersey girl discussion jake how do you feel about jersey girl it's a perfectly fine C for me. Like okay. it's,
3: it's, it's, it's hard to knock it. Cause there's nothing, it, there's not a lot wrong with it. It's, it's sweet and it's, it's got, it's, it's very charming. Um, but it's, I would put it in that category of like, it doesn't really feel like a Kevin Smith movie, there's not a lot of Kevin Smith injected in there. Um you got to give them props for like trying something new, but the stuff that I expect out of a Kevin the re- the reason I press play on a Kevin Smith movie um it's it's almost entirely absent um from there. Uh so for me it's a perfectly fine nothing wrong, nothing special
2: C film. I think it would be you- B. B? Would you say this is his most like uh, has his most cable time? Because I feel like I've seen scenes from this more than any of his films, just because it's like oh, on really? TV growing up. Isn't this his first PG thirteen movie? Probably. Let me look and see. That's probably why. Because well, yeah,
3: looking at the others, if we're going in chronological order, there's no way the others are PG thirteen. It's
2: PG thirteen and it's um, a a big cast. Like it makes I also, sense. I also, I, I also I, think it's I always it think of it as one that I think I've seen the most, just of like. Because it had that cable appeal, where it was just on.
4: I rewatched Jersey Girl a couple years ago, and I, I thought it was better than I remembered. You have um, it at a B. I have it at a B. I actually think it's a solid film. It's not, and again, it's it, it like I, I definitely prefer his more R-rated material because no. I think it kind of flows well. But um, it's I, so
0: interesting because he yeah. rips this movie so much. I like Jersey Girl, <laughs> and I don't think that he, I don't think that he needs to. No. I'm with Kevin that I I, I think it's a it's a soft, soft, soft B, Uh, because what Jake says is that there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it. Um, But there's and there's no reason that I would necessarily be like, oh, you got to go out and see it. But I think that it gets knocked by Kevin (laughs) and then by the industry a lot more than it should because But also landed, remember
3: what ha- oh I'm sorry I was I interrupted It landed
0: right at that time when Affleck and, and Jennifer Lopez were yeah. going through their relationship. Well first and
3: also it, it came out in the wake of Gigli. Gigli. So yes. like Gigli had come out like 4 months before and then this then another movie with the, even though she's hardly in it another movie with them. So like the critics were were sharpening their knives.
0: Now I want to go back and revisit this because isn't Will Smith is yes, not he, he cameo is. in this movie later? He's the star, I think. That Affleck is trying to yes. manage. Don't they? Don't they have like? A, don't they sit down and have like a heart to heart? And it has something to do with kids, like raising kids. Yeah. I want to say yeah. I, it's, it's been too long. Wait, but I, you now got, I want to go back. And revisit uh, that. You guys let's, call it
4: Gilly. I call it Giggly.
0: No, Gilly. No, um, let's <laughs> <laughs> let's let's keep it moving. We've got plenty of these to go through, and we have yeah. more
2: show after this. Clerks two. Clerks two. Oh, we're going to quickly go around the horn. Clerks two. Sean, where do you put clerks two?
0: Clerks two is a C. C? Oh my God. Jake,
2: Jake where, do you, where do you put clerks Oh my two? God. Uh, it's
0: a, it's a B for,
3: It's a B for me in that B? almost kind of like the mall rats thing. There's a lot of stuff that works for me, but then there's a lot of stuff that just really doesn't. The stuff that works, works beautifully, and the stuff that doesn't, I just kind of throw my hands up in the air and
2: just kind of choose to ignore it. Kev, is this another A for you? I'm going was, A, a and, I, and let me just say, right. let me say, one, like, give me that, two minutes.
4: It. Yeah, go ahead. Um, go ahead. Uh, I got to point out the, the scenes why I'm giving this an A. Um, one, uh, the King Diamond uh, sequence is hilarious. Two, the jail scenes, one of my favorite scenes he's ever written. First time I ever cried in a Kevin Smith movie. Uh, three, you know, I the Lord of the Rings versus Star Wars monologue from Randall. Um there is just like there are moments in Clerks 2 and and, and I know that you guys are considering like the whole and I, I love Clerks 2 the Rosario Dawson Jackson 5 ABC dance sequence um like this movie is I I was so I remember in 2006 I remember seeing it because I was like why would you make a Clerks 2 and then right. I just there's a shot at the end of that film when we're panning we you know we're coming back and he goes into black and white um from color which gives me chills just to think about it um and again one of the things that's really hard about doing a tier list with his movies is like you know when you're watching kevin Smith movies since you're a kid and they're all interconnected in this View universe right you just love i love spending time with these people i love spending time with dante and randall um you know, I loved Rosario Dawson in that film. I thought Jane Solomon and Bob were great. Affleck has a really funny cameo or a brief cameo. Um, but, like, I don't know. To me, I, I just, I, I loved Clerks 2 when it came out and that, I still love it today.
2: That averages us to a B on Clerks 2. Uh, we'll do quickly Zach and Miri make a porno. Uh, Kev, where does Zach and Miri make a porno for you?
4: Um, I like that film.
2: I, a unique I, one in his, in his filmography.
4: Yeah, I mean Seth Rogen and uh, Elizabeth um, Banks are, you know, they're great in it. Um, it. It's definitely a different. It's different. It's a different vibe for him. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go B on that. B, e, Jake, where you got? Uh,
3: it's a C for me. Um, okay. It it just really, I don't know how to describe my feelings toward this movie other than to say it just feels like Kevin's heart is not in it. It, it feels like. Does it feel a, more? It, it, it just doesn't feel like, one, like It feels it's like weird, a studio, it's weird to a studio it, yeah, Almost it, like, got it, in and there We're, yeah. we're going to talk more about it I think based on the next film But it just it, feels like A movie that he's not directing for himself And he, this is a filmmaker
0: Is it one of his Is it one of his scripts or did he do someone else's script Cop it's his,
3: out's not it. his script
0: But Zack does
3: Miri It just doesn't
4: feel Like Him Jake's it's making a good point. There's like, it's almost that there, there's something off about it. Like, yeah. it, is it cause it, it, it's
0: not view askew? Like it's not kind of set in that world. Maybe
4: I think, yeah. Cause it, it was also, it's all, it was also strange seeing Jay play a different character. Um, and even, uh, Jeff Anderson plays a different character and it, and those aren't bad things, but it is like Jake. I think Jake, Jake, I think what Jake's getting at, and I could be wrong. I won't put words in Jake's mouth, but like when I was watching multiverse of madness, um, I felt like a pull between the filmmaker and the studio and the MCU in general. Like i like I saw Raimi diving in there and doing what he does best. And then you could like, at least for me, I could feel Kevin Feige or the MCU kind of like going, oh, no, come back this way kind of thing. And I think in Zach and Miri, you almost you almost get that 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 feeling like you feel Kevin Smith's vibe, like when they're filming like the, the porno sequences or like someone's pouring coffee beans. Like those, those are really funny moments. Um, but then you do f- almost feel like it does play out a little more structured, like a like a studio film, um, I thought. So
3: it's I, a, I would put Jersey Girl, Zach and Mary and then cop out in a trilogy of movies where, there, where I, I almost go. Oh, that's right. Those are Kevin Smith movies. Hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, but cop outs just bad. All right. Uh, Jake has it at a C. Um, Kevin has it at a B. Sean, did you give your grade?
0: I watched it once, and I don't remember a single thing about it. Um, so I don't know if that's fair for me to, to rank. Um, uh, but So does that make you it get, a C? Uh, I think that you, probably makes it a C. C if sounds you, right.
2: If you feel like it's a haven't seen for you, then I, I think, yeah, I think we'll put it at a C, because that sounds right okay. for me, C. Okay. Um, I think we can quickly do cop-out, because you guys were kind of already talking about it. Cop-out. It's an uh, F. F? Yeah, cop it's bad. An F. Well, it, F. it's bad F, because F across it's across the board. Hey, yeah, he Jake? didn't write it. He didn't write it. It's, it's not funny. No, it's
0: bad. It's, it's really not bad. funny. It's not well put together. Jake, do you have it in an F as well?
4: Uh,
3: I would have probably said D. D, I, I get a D, but but F honestly, one or the others not going to bother me it, again. Yeah. It's the it's the while I say Jersey girl, uh, Zach and Mary and cop out complete this like, oh, that's weird. I forgot that's Zach. Or I forgot that that's um, Kevin Smith trilogy. Cop out just almost shouldn't be mentioned in Kevin Smith. It's just not a Kevin Smith movie Bruce so Moses and it, it, Tracy
0: Morgan play uh partners like they've been uh, on the force for twenty years together, and their chemistry suggests that they met the day that they started filming, <laughs> right <laughs> which is probably well, true
4: <laughs> also it does it, 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 it it's such a strange thing because Kevin always writes his movies. Yeah. And I don't know the history there about like what happened or why he was brought on board. I mean, I'm assuming it was probably he to, said to Bruce t- Willis.
0: Well, he said he took this gig to prove to himself and to his fans at the time that he could direct a studio picture.
4: Right. And it and wasn't it I, it, supposed to be called A Couple of Dicks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That wouldn't help. That movie. <laughs> that movie, It's kind it's kind of painful. Like I kind of like it, it, it it's hurt really me. It hurt, it hurt me Where, as a fan uh,
2: when I saw it. I was like, Ugh. Where, where, uh, I want to quickly go through these four so we can we can spend a little bit of time on the masterpiece discussion. Red okay. State, um, letter grade. I think, Kevin? right? I think I'm going to go with a B on that. B? Um, I'd go B. Uh, Jake? Yeah.
4: yeah. 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 It's a really strong, strong, strong B. B. A B strong B strong B plus, I guess. Like, yeah, oh. I, I, it's and got a lot to say. Michael Parks, want to shout out him out. And then also John Goodman's John Goodman. um, yeah. dog, mo- the hound dog. Was it the hound dog monologue at the end? Oh, sure.
0: Yeah.
2: And Tusk. Uh Sean, where are you at Tusk? Tusk's a C. Kev? Um, or go ahead, go ahead and finish
0: it. Tusk Tusk is a C. Yeah. Uh I admire it for being completely bizarre, but like right. in, in terms of its quality, it's still a C. You
2: excited for Tusk's? Of course. Yeah. Kev, where's Tusk for you? Um,
4: I'm like. <sighs> it's interesting because I really dug Red State. I kind of like this, this phase of Kevin's career, like, like where he tried these different genres i also think the tusk story about how it came about is cool um the movie yeah i'm probably more on the b minus side of it b i guess i I, i'm gonna go b but like i i also don't i don't not i don't not trust the c aspect of it too but i'm probably more b jake Mm -hmm.
3: Um, I'd give it a very strong B. Um, I equate it to, and by no means am I saying it's as good as, but I equate it to, uh, like from dust till dawn where, uh, I think it's at its best before it gets into what it's actually about. Like Justin Long at Park's house, just sitting across that table, having those conversations, I think is some of Kevin Smith's strongest work as a writer and, and really great. And, and Michael Parks, like in those scenes is no joke i'm not blowing smoke genuinely oscar word like just phenomenal once it turns into what the point of the film is i i lose a lot of interest in the same way that once the vampires show up and from (laughs) dusk till dawn i kind of check out um but uh but yeah but but uh, but it's enough for me to to, just to still say that i really dig tusk um all
2: right that puts us uh at a at a B, right? Did I calculate yeah. that all correctly? Yeah, that's fair. Um, nope. yoga, that's hosers. fair. yoga hosers, yoga uh, hosers, sh- Jake. That's an honest
3: F for me. F? I, I think it's just a, a nearly borderline unwatchable.
2: Film. I still haven't seen it, so I I, I don't have a like I think one. everything uh, about it is just unspeakably bad. I'm not Ever gonna or, I'm not J- gonna argue Shango. with.
0: I'm not going to argue with jake um the only reason i'd put it at D is because i think cop out is is actually worse <laughs> yeah it's true but we can't but do they, that that was that's part of the rules yeah they're yeah. both horrible yeah um so i i'm i'm okay with either d or f i don't really care yeah, let's yeah. just
4: stick we'll stick with the f i mean f? i i don't like giving an f but i mean I, and i do think cop out's worse than that but um I it hurts like,
0: because yoga hosers is is definitely his deal right I mean, and that hurts yeah
4: i, I, I I don't, I it's think a, it's F. a more personal F. I'm gonna yes, go, I'm gonna say D just for the record, but I okay. don't have an issue with it being where it is. is that okay. two F's though,
2: were you both uh, Jake? Yeah, did you? I'll say F. F? Okay. I'll it's say It's
3: interesting to like do this and look at his stuff in chronological order and realize like, Sort of the the trends that he went through as yeah. a director, like his very indie beginnings. Yeah. I feel like the Red State and Tusk era was a very like, fuck you. I'm going to show you what else yeah. I can do. Well, the Jersey girl cop out. Zach and Miri was like almost him trying to be a little bit more commercial. He, and now I feel he like he's in a much more some, reflective era.
0: He definitely made a, some reactionary decisions um, to the type of press he was getting to oh, yeah. like, I think Red State and Tusk. And Zach and Mary, like you mentioned, were almost in response to. Let me show you what I can do. The hatred that he got for Jersey Girl, which wasn't fair. And so he kind of branched out and found the things that made him uh, entertained.
2: Let's let's round off his list with Jane Silent Bob reboot. Reboot an A. Reboot an A. Kev's an A. A. Jake an an A. Uh, it's it's a really strong B for
3: me. I really yeah. like I, I think it's I think there's a lot of aspects in it that are some of his strongest work. It again, for me, it falls into um, the reason I give it a B is because it falls into the sort of hitch that I get held up on, which is I don't think that Jay and Silent Bob
2: yeah. are sh- strong enough to be lead characters. So I, I hesitantly give it a B. I'm going think- to jump in. I'm going to jump in and say uh, we reviewed this on the show. So go find our review of this if you want to hear more thoughts. But I want to hear your guys's thoughts on the masterpiece while we have time. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go around to the three of you within the A category. Um, I'll, I'll get all of them. We're going to get them all together and then we can have a discussion. Um, so Jake, what are you going to nominate as his singular masterpiece from the A tier? I'm
3: going to say dogma because I think it most represents what a Kevin Smith film is at the highest quality that that representation ha- was, was
2: put on film. Kevin, what do you, what do you nominate?
4: I have to go with Clerks Um, just for for the same reason I'd go with Pulp Fiction. Um, They're, 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 it's interesting. Like the seminal nature of them kind of thing. Yeah. But even Tarantino doesn't, you know, again, I'm not, I don't want to take him out of context, but he even looks at Pulp Fiction and has negative thoughts about it. Um, But I think when I'm looking at Kevin Smith's career and like, especially now that we're in 2022 and there's a Clerks three coming out, um the longevity of that film um the longevity i mean dante and randall i would just i would just watch them, watch them sit around and talking about anything um and i think it's interesting cuz i don't think clerks is the best movie he's ever made i just and, and i think the word masterpiece here in my opinion would be his quintessential film that kind of just right i think clerks encompasses everything that kevin smith is it, it it's you know while he was a younger filmmaker it's still his humor it's the characters it's well written um and, and it's funny because like even part of the charm of clerks is the acting isn't even that great like like you know what i mean like brian brian and and jeff aren't that great yet as actors but like to me that's part of the charm um oh, sh- and i i yeah I,
2: i'm i'm going uh, clerks we got clerks yeah. we got dogma sean are you gonna make this difficult are you gonna make this easy yeah
0: i'm gonna make this very difficult okay. um, he's going no. to amy I mean, it, going into this exercise, I'd I'd have thought Amy was my pick, um, but it's not of those four. Uh huh. And then I, I I almost want to say reboot because reboot to me feels like the best representation of Kevin's full body of work. Yeah. But having discussed all of these movies, I think the best movie he has made is Dogma. How I fun. really do think it's Dogma. I think that it's. Kevin, all are you, his... would you be
2: upset if dogma was well, no, cause it's great. I think we all, not at all. Well, no. let, me,
0: let me just briefly say why Go ahead. Go ahead. I think it uses, um, all of his day players. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, it's a good it, choice. Great in choice. Ways actually. That, that uses them to the best of their abilities. I think it's the best stuff that he gets out of both Matt and Ben. Um, I think it's the best use of Jay and silent Bob. Mm-hmm. I think it's him having the confidence to really dig into something that's really fascinating to him with the, which is Catholicism. Um, and in terms of some of the things that ding for me, the clerks movies um, and even Jay and Silent Bob, and you guys describe them as hangout movies. Um, I, don't, I don't love a hangout movie as much as maybe you guys do. I kind of want a story. And I think Dogma has the best story that he's told. Um, it, it's a legitimately compelling story. There are stakes there's there's a reason that they have to get to this church. Um, and there are multiple storylines that are converging on it. And uh I th- I think it's great. I, I love all the commentary that he makes about with the worshiping of false idols through a movie. Um yeah, I, I think right. it's the best movie he's ever. Dogma
2: made. it is. There we have it, folks. Kevin Smith your list. Dogma, that's it, I'm, I'm very
4: content with uh, I, I feel
2: great about this list. Wow. It's a good looking that's, list. That's great. Yeah, and yeah. I, don't know that, I don't know that Kevin Smith himself would... Well, Yoga Hosers, I don't know how he feels about Yoga Hosers. might love that movie.
4: Oh, no, he, he, he makes fun of it all the time. Does he
0: really? Interesting. But I think he might I like think. this list. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, his daughter's
4: in it, so I don't know if it's like a personal yeah, well, thing. You know what I mean? Movies are always yeah. personal, I'm sure. Yeah. But
2: this is the list uh, averaged out across our opinions for Kevin Smith, and a reminder that next week he will be joining us on the show. Wow. Um, talk about some of his filmography. Return guests uh, And Clerks 3, but at the moment, I will... Uh, throw it over to Sean, who is going to let the kids at home know what we have coming up next. Oh, that was
4: (laughs) weird seeing you guys come back up that screen like that. Oh, my God. I was looking at like, oh, my God, my eyes.
0: Well, our next segment, um, is brought to you by our partners at the National Association of Theater Owners. They've been nice enough to sponsor the show. And, um, they gave us time with, uh, Rolando Rodriguez, who is the chairman and president, uh, And uh, he's the chairman of NATO, and he's the president and CEO of Marcus Theaters, which is a largely Midwestern-based theater chain. Uh, And he wanted to come on to talk about some of the initiatives that they had all summer and also this National Cinema Day that's coming up on Saturday, uh, September 3rd. So here's our uh, interview with Rolando Rodriguez of Marcus Theaters. how has this summer been for Marcus Theatres uh, now that some of the blockbusters are, are back in full swing?
5: Look, uh, it's been good. It's, it's, it's good to see the journey back, not just for Marcus Theatres, which we're very proud of that, but obviously for the overall industry to start seeing that momentum coming back. And in particular, seeing the consumer confidence right in the consumer confidence building as more and more films have been introduced into the marketplace, which was really the key challenge that we were facing as an industry over the course of the past, in particular, year and a half.
0: Rolando, there's a title that has been um, historic this summer, and that's Top Gun Maverick. And I'd love to get your reaction to just how that movie has performed and, and what do you think it means for, uh, for audiences coming back?
5: Well, first of all, you're asking the right person the right question, because I can tell you that Top Gun, the first one was my all-time favorite movie. Call it craziness, and it's not because it's become such an incredible blockbuster and bringing back the industry this year, but it's actually one of my favorite, it's my all-time favorite film. So watching this second one, I remember talking to my friends at Paramount and saying, guys, you know, this is a tall order on on Top Gun 2 to kind of you know beat Top Gun 1 and they did it and I think it really speaks to that that with Top Gun 2 and in particular congratulate Tom Cruise uh, and the team on what they did is they were able to blend the nostalgic nature of the first one with obviously blending it in with the future Top Gun and the new characters that were introduced now what it's meant to the industry oh my god I mean I think that if, if you would have bet me, and I was, by the way, as I told you, my favorite all-time movie, and somebody would have said, Rolando, this movie is probably going to cross $700 million domestically, I might have lost a big bet, you know, just <laughs> not, not because I didn't think the movie was going to do well, but it's done great. And for what it's meant for the industry, it's pumped in incredible amount of energy Across all genres, you know, and in particular, just seeing women coming back to the film, you know, uh, older women, older males, uh, young males, and young females, which were a big concern of whether this movie would capture that, and so here this film has really garnered all demographics uh, to really bring them back to the theater, and they watched a great film, which energized them into watching more and more of the films that were coming out this summer.
0: Yeah, so you learned essentially don't bet against Tom Cruise at the box office.
5: You know, and and if you're Tom Cruise, you have to say not, you know, I just said that it's probably going to cost 700 million dollars. I think the chances are pretty strong here domestically, but it's already done 1.4 billion dollars worldwide. And so when you think about the enormity of what this film has meant, not just domestically, uh, you know, for all of us, but internationally and globally, uh, it's an incredible effect.
0: Rolando, I want to talk about uh, reissues as well, too, because Top Gun Maverick came back to the theaters. Uh, we're getting uh, we're right on the edge of Spider-Man No Way Home coming back to uh, the theaters. And I wore this Jaws shirt because this seminal classic uh, came back to premium formats and screened in IMAX. Um, how has the reception been to some of these movies coming back and how important is that to the industry? You know, I think it's it's
5: uh, let me answer the second part first. And very important to the industry. I think that there's a nostalgic effect that was really created through the course of COVID, right? If you Mm -hmm. think about through the COVID time period, uh, while the film companies were not releasing their new films, they were releasing their library films and nostalgic. And so that element really brought an energy into the consumer uh, base that basically said, oh my God, it's time for my kids to watch this movie. It's time for the younger generation to see what led up to some of these sequels down the line. So I think, you know, and I think about your T-shirt, right, of Jaws, and I'm thinking about, this was another movie that, my God, I remember after watching it the first time, I'm thinking, I'm not going to the beach anytime soon at that time, but, uh, you know, and so you think about, you know, the rippling effect of many of the films that have followed that or have been offshoots of Jaws, and how well they've done, it's, it's great to see. So very important to the industry. It's nice to see those coming in. And by the way, Sean, those happen to be what we would call great uh, introduction into time periods that are fairly slow in some of the additional films that are coming out. So if you think about the next you know, four to five weeks, there are films coming out every week, which is great news and, and mm. certainly considering uh, COVID. Uh, what we dealt with then. But it's also nice to see those nostalgic films that kind of fill some of those gaps to bring in some of the different genres.
0: Well, you hear people talk about these films that they love too, that just because of when they were born necessarily, they never got an opportunity to see them on the big screen. And so even something like Avatar, which is preparing to come back, you know, there are a lot of people who are caught up with that film after the fact, When James Cameron designed that film for the big screen, he designed it for 3D. And so to give them that opportunity, I think is extremely special.
5: Well, and thank you for uh, mentioning that because again, when you think about an avatar and you just said it uh, right on the mark, it was a movie that was made for the big screen, right? And Mm -hmm. you had to see it in 3D. And by the way, it was an incredible launch of 3D at that point in time when it first came out and what it meant for that particular format. I think you're going to see the same thing again you know, with the new Avatar. But by the way, with the re-release of Avatar, uh, I think that's going to be very exciting for consumers to experience that again. In particular, the younger generation, right? That, by the way, faced the same thing with a movie like Top Gun. There were a lot of them that had not seen the first Top Gun, right? And so they had to go out and see it again, in some cases in the small screen, and then get the full effect. And then they showed up to see Top Gun 2 and they go, oh my God, This is pretty spectacular, and I think you're going to see the same thing with Avatar, so I'm glad to see what Disney's doing, that they're re-releasing the film, and that's going to create certainly not only a historic nature, but introduction to consumers that never really experienced it, and the lead-in into the new Avatar, which, by the way, it's going to be an epic. I think that film's going to be spectacular.
0: James Cameron is another person we don't bet against at the box office.
5: <laughs> uh, you never bet against James Cameron. I think the man is an absolute genius, and uh, it's going to be an incredible film.
0: So we're thrilled to have you on Real Blend to talk about a very specific initiative uh, that's called National Cinema Day. What can you tell us about this?
5: Look, this is uh, this is very exciting. First of all, uh, Sean, and I think it's at a time period which is just made for this. Right, when you think about the next couple of weeks as I mentioned earlier, there's going to be films that are coming out, but you're starting to see a little bit of the energy settling because, you know, everybody's going back to school. You don't have the big blockbuster film that's opening up, but there's going to be some great adult films, some great, you know, stories that are coming out that don't necessarily always get the attention that they need. And mm-hmm. so when you think about the fact that for the first time, you're we're going to have over 3000 thousand theaters over thirty thousand screens that are coming together to have a cinema day on saturday september 3rd to celebrate just going to the movies i mean when you, you know this doesn't even happen at the academy awards you know at the academy awards we always tell them you need to mention watching these films in movie theaters which is very exciting and they're they're a great group and every once in a while you hear that mentioned but for the first time, we're actually really celebrating as an industry, movie going and movie going in the movie theaters, you know, that we have a tremendous rippling effect into the economy of many people, right? Not just the employees that we that, we, that participate in our industry, but frankly, the consumer base, the main streets that we support, the rippling effect into the business surrounding us, the vendor communities that we support. So the fact that we're getting behind this, I think it's going to be very exciting. Think about this. The first time we have ever done this uh, in the United States, Uh, this has been done in European countries and it's been extremely successful. But for the first time in the US, this is going to be very exciting for us.
0: Am I right that this National Cinema Day also addresses um, a concern that we hear often, which is just that the you know movie theaters can be really expensive nowadays, uh, and and am I, I'm paying to bring my entire family. How is National Cinema Day going to address that concern? Look,
5: I think that uh, first of all, we want to thank our partners in the film community because they were partners in this, and we're they're helping us with the celebration of this incredible day. And what that means is that uh, you know theaters will be able to. Uh, basically, our pricing structure will be up to three dollars, and so for the majority of the the, and just think about this: every movie, every format, all formats will be three dollars. You know, and so uh, what an exciting opportunity to not just celebrate movie going, but frankly, at an incredible price value orientation for all consumers to come back and see not only fantastic films that have been playing for a long period of time and coming out of the summer. But these new films that I was talking about that are finding their way in these weeks where you know people don't necessarily pay as much attention, but they're fabulous stories to actually see.
0: Yeah, I can actually recommend there's a a, hor- a couple of horror films, The Invitation and Barbarian, uh, which will be yep. waiting for people uh, at those times. And those are movies that are going to be part of the conversation because of some twists that are involved in them that you're going to want to be there entry level uh, and not get spoiled on on what happens in them.
5: Absolutely. And, and look, I think that uh, you're also going to see a lot of theater operators that will be offering, you know, in addition to that, uh, there's there's many of them that are going to be doing. Concession offerings as part of this, you know, to uh, to really celebrate the idea. This is this is not about you know driving large sums of money through the door. Uh, Mm. This is about a celebration about movie going, attending the movies, getting them back into the theaters, and remind everybody that listen, we are a great social experience when you're sitting around in a room with another 150 or 200 customers. That you don't even know, and you're experiencing that laughter on the screen or that emotion, you know, together, it's it's uh, you know it's very impactful, and I think that's what we create. We help create memories.
0: Now, definitely, one of the things that we always stress when we get uh, we have directors come on the show often, and they talk about designing their pictures for the big screen, especially no. someone like a Jordan Peele uh, who's working in IMAX, and when he goes into those aspect ratio shifts, it's always for a narrative reason. Uh, and if you're watching it in any other format, you're just not getting the full experience.
5: Absolutely, absolutely. And I, and look, I think that uh, it's hard to replicate. In fact, I would, I know mean, I'm a little biased, but it's impossible to replicate the theatrical experience in, in your living room, right? And especially right. when you're watching uh, not only uh, epic films, which are very important, but frankly, great stories. You know, when I think about, a film like where the crawdads sing, right? That uh, was very impactful. And watching it with other people and the emotions that we experienced together in the theater—it's hard to duplicate that in your house.
0: Very true. Okay, so between now and the end of the year, uh, Rolando, what are you really excited for at Marcus Theaters? What can our readers be or our listeners be looking out for?
5: Look, I I think that the slate looks very good actually. And I think uh, you know, as I said, the next four or five weeks. There's very good films that people should be looking at, smaller stories. But look, starting in October, you got Lyle, Lyle Crocodile. And I don't know if you've seen the trailer on that, but it's going to be a very fun and funny and exciting movie for consumers. Uh, Then you got a couple of very big films that are coming out. You got Black Adam that you need to keep an eye on, right? That's The Rock. And you don't bet against The Rock either.
1: (laughs) And so, uh,
5: and then by the way, You got, you know, in my mind, a very exciting one in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I mean, everybody wants to know how that story turns out. What's the next evolution of it? I think it's going to be very exciting. And then the end of the year, you got Puss in Boots and you got, you know, an incredible Avatar 2 that's coming out. So look, a lot of fun films, a lot of exciting films. So we think that beginning uh, the first part of October all the way through the end of the year. There's going to be some really exciting films for all consumers to enjoy. Come and see them, not just at Marcus Theaters, but all theaters across the U.S., which we need you to
0: participate in. All right, we're going to end it right there, Rolando. That's perfect. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
5: (laughs) Sean, thank you. And thank you for what you're doing about our industry. We really appreciate it. (laughs)
0: Thank you so much to Rolando for joining us. And just a reminder, if you guys are heading out to the theaters, look out for National Cinema Day. Uh, Participating theaters are going to have tickets that are at maximum $3. And so uh, if you've been looking for an excuse to get out uh, to the theaters and maybe check out... top gun maverick uh, or jurassic world uh, dominion or some of the movies we're gonna talk about in uh, this week in movies is about spider-man to reissues dude i'm gonna go see spider-man no way home you know, you know they're saying
3: that top gun could take the top spot at the box office this that weekend insane
0: that's insane i
3: really hope that happens i hope top gun beats spider-man
0: i hope so no i hope so too oh dude i went and looked for tickets for spider-man on thursday and the majority of the theaters around me have like one ticket sold or three tickets sold like i just don't think that people are in like i can't wait no. to go back and see it on the big screen i just want to see it big again but either sony's not promoting it or people don't want to want don't they don't want to watch it again it's on it's on uh blu-ray they can watch it at home so i don't know you know what else they can watch at home guys lord of the rings the rings of power which is coming to uh amazon studios the first two episodes are are they mm-hmm. dropping two right off the first bat two okay first we've two. all managed to see two and um, by now, when you guys have listened to this on October 30, uh I'm sorry, August 31st, they did a, f- a fan event where the first two episodes were available on the big screen, which I thought was a very cool thing for them to do, because the predominant thought that I had while watching the first two episodes were, damn, I would love to watch this on the big screen. Yeah, um, because uh, Kev, is this what you is this the one you were talking about? Because I watched it in a similar fashion. I was able to get it onto my television set at least. Yeah, but I it was watermarked. And so my name is blasted across it. Um, And even at that, I thought it was really beautiful. And so I'm going to shock everybody, because if you listen to this show at all uh, from day one, you know that I don't care for the Lord of the Rings,
4: which makes no sense what Uh, you're about to say.
0: But I enjoyed I I don't get two episodes. That makes Um, no sense. I, I found that the pacing of these of shows were were better. It was, it, it was more brisk. It, 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 moved along, uh, from there are, there are a lot of storylines going on. If anything, it might be a little bit confusing, but I did, but I did have an easier time sort of following. Uh, and, and I know that they talked about some of the color palette shifting, but I just found the characters to be, although now I found out today that, uh, the main girl, the main blonde girl, Galadriel, young, young
3: Kay Blanchett
0: had no idea. no no clue that that was her character uh at a young age and then
3: that and then the
4: one guy is a young hugo weaving Mm -hmm. Uh, and and that actor also plays a younger ned stark
0: okay in game of thrones no idea so i'm not invested to that level but i am really interested so far in the things that they are laying out it is it is an interesting story in the fact that it's set during a time of alleged peace um but the threat of sauron is coming and uh, and it's how all these different characters are reacting to it. And, dude, I don't know. I can't tell you why I connected with it uh, in a way that I didn't. It makes me Peter happy. Jackson once. Is
2: there a chance that if you like, let's say you love this series, yeah. will that will that change your appreciation for? Well, I wouldn't say yeah. appreciation. I think you appreciate the Lord of the Rings films, but your thoughts on sure. Lord of the Rings.
0: No, no, because I've gone back and tried to watch <laughs> so Lord of the Rings What so you're saying is times.
2: someone needs
3: to make a Forrest Gump the series.
0: Let me. Let me ask a question for legitimately you guys love the Lord of the Rings movies. Yes. It feels like the delivery of the dialogue is a little bit more accessible. Have they watered down the Tolkien-ness of it? Because I feel like watching characters have conversations in these episodes is a little bit easier to follow than the fantasy. Because it's not as well fantasy. written. Yeah, I, I, I would disagree <laughs> Interesting. in, in Interesting.
3: that whenever I heard how they speak and how there are certain t- uh, turns of phrase and, and the word placement, if anything, it reminded me, oh, that's right. That is how they speak in Lord of the Rings. Like, oh, it, like it is that. very, like, okay. if anything, it just, it threw me back to, because Game of Thrones, you know, it, and the reason I'm comparing it to Game of Thrones is because at this point, we've seen the first two Game of Thrones, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, yeah. um, and they're two massive <laughs> fantasy series dropping at the same time, yeah. but House of the Dragon still speaks now every once in a while you know there'll be flashes of old English but still slips into like kind of modern like you know fuck you no fuck you kind of you know yeah, uh, yeah. as opposed to Lord of the Rings is very much old classic Tolkien English okay. um so no it, it it didn't strike me as different at all
0: interesting okay I, then I have I have no explanation as to why <laughs> but I was I was as stunned as you guys. That when I I watched the first episode in preparation for the junket, and I planned to only watch mm-hmm. the first episode. And when I got to the end of that episode, be it for whatever happens, because I won't I won't talk about what it is, but I immediately wanted to go in to watch the second one because mm-hmm. I was interested and Fair. not because I was like uh, this is homework I got to figure out some questions to ask for these people. So I'm in, I'm in, and we'll see how long it it holds my interest. So,
4: um, I mean, for me, and and we've discussed this in the show before. My in. Uh, I did not read the Lord of the Rings books, So my my entry into the Lord of the Rings world is Peter Jackson. Um, And I still think those are three of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my life. They were films that just took me to a world that I I had never experienced anything on that scale with those visual effects and the practical nature of it and just the sweeping shots and Howard Shore's score. Um, And Howard Shore came back and did the main title theme for this. But it, there's a. Um, uh, is it Bear McCreary I believe is the gentleman's name oh he's really um, talented he's a good who's do, who does good the composer. music for the show yeah mm-hmm. and so um all right so I mean I, I gotta be completely honest I watched this on a laptop so yeah. I, I, I I um and I'm not saying that 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 is a reason for me not to go into full critical mode here I just don't feel like I saw it properly mm-hmm. um I thought it was fine I didn't think that I I thought the story was fine um I didn't find anything to be like mind blowing. Um, But at the same time, I appreciated being back in that world. Um, It just kept reminding me why uh, that I wanted to rewatch Jackson's movies. Mm -hmm. Um, It just kept reminding me of how much I love those films. Um, And there is a big difference between shooting digitally um, and film. Like there's something about Jackson's movies that just look gritty and like dark and dirty and like um, they feel almost indie like um, but they're on a massive scale. Um, I think, yeah, it, it's one of those things where like, I, I guess I would compare it to Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Right. So like you love Breaking Bad and then Better Call Saul is leading us into the events of Breaking Bad. Um, and I think that Better Call Saul was a necessary show and and made Breaking Bad better. Mm. The two episodes I've seen of Rings of Power just felt that they didn't me add anything for me personally that i needed
0: are you gonna stick makes, with it
4: i'll stick with it just because i i actually want to actively watch it on my on my tv okay uh, because and again i'm not saying that the quality will jump up for me but like at the same time i watched it with a gigantic watermark across the screen with my email address yeah, on yeah. it and this is a visually stunning show, you know, and they spent a lot of money. I think it's the most expensive series in the history of oh, television. I think, I think the money's um, there. It shows It's there you know? and, it, and the shots are great. Um, I just don't really remember much about those two episodes and I watched them a couple weeks ago. I don't mm-hmm. really remember really what happened. I mean, I remember watching them going, this is good. Um, but, you know, it didn't blow my mind. But I also didn't properly watch it. On a screen, so I don't know yet. So I'm just going to stick to that for now. And once I do watch it, because I will, because I'm a huge fan of Lord of the Rings, um, then I'll then I'll continue on. But we'll Oops. see. Jackie, uh, I actually really
3: love the show. Um, I was able to watch both episodes on my TV. I was able to get it on my TV and actually watch these each, each episode twice. Um, oh, okay. I, I think that it uh, to me looks and feels like it perfectly fits right in with Jackson's trilogy, and I. I Adamantly hate the Hobbit trilogy, so I'm talking about the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I think it genuinely looks. I don't hate the Hobbit series. I hate Um, it. I just, I, I just feel like it just feels like an incredible accomplishment in television. Like Mm -hmm. I was sitting there watching so many different moments, and it felt like I missed seeing something on the big screen and was seeing it on TV for the first time. And I had to keep reminding myself, no, this is not this is not a big screen. I'm watching something made for TV. That looks like it should be a major Dude, Christmas blockbuster
0: watching that uh, watching Lord of the Rings and watching Game of Thrones um, it, within a week span. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think I texted you this. I was like the line between made for television and made. For oh, movie it's ridiculous is just gone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if they I want disagree to disagree with that. Well, but if they want to,
4: I think Lord of the I think Rings of Power feels like a TV show. It just does. That's interesting. It, it, I, I I thought Game of Thrones really? felt like a TV show. Watch it oh, yeah. bigger. You got to oh. watch it bigger.
0: No, I thought Game of
4: Thrones felt like a TV show. Breaking Bad feels like a TV show. No, I, I'm not, that is not a bad thing though. Like, t, like a television episodic storyline is very different from a two and a half hour arc shoved into a film. Like it is. these, these movies, these shows are breathing. Like they're taking a lot of time. Um, to me, they don't feel like movies. Like Breaking Bad was probably the closest thing I've ever felt. to uh, watching I, I, I watched cinema. having
3: watched those two Rings episodes back to back, felt like I was watching a, a Lord of the Rings movie. You think, I, Peter I, I'm Jackson super into level
4: it. quality. I mean,
3: that's unfair to say because Jackson, oh. it, like what Jackson, but like I, to me, it felt I, oh, here's what I'll say to me. The the Rings of Power fits more comfortably in with the Lord of the Rings trilogy than Jackson's Hobbit trilogy fits in with Lord of the Rings. Wow. It, it fits. It feels like it belongs more so. Uh, okay. I, that being said, it, it, it it's, whether it's a fair or unfair comparison, just because two major Fantasy series drop at the same time, and I've seen the first two episodes of each. I do. uh, I I I am more excited about progressing in House of the Dragon than I am Rings of Power. That being said, it is we it is possible in the same way that I believe that you can love Marvel and DC at the same time. It's we don't have to pick and choose like just. I I know exactly, but I'm just (laughs) happy. And also, I like to per per Gabe's suggestion. I'm also in love with Sandman. So we we have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to fantasy television. Three massive, beautiful pieces of fantasy work uh, at our streaming fingertips. It's a, it's a beautiful time. Did you finish way.
2: Sandman yet? Or are you? No, I'm still- I'm, sa-
3: I'm gonna because you mentioned to me that those last four are kind of uh, their own encompassing thing. Yeah. So I'm gonna blow through those collectively because honestly, after the Diner episode and the the Walk with Death. Those touched me honestly not to like be dramatic but those touched me so deeply that I kind of just so wanted good. to just
4: sit on them no, for that's a little good bit. Call. That's do a good you call.
0: ever find out why he goes off to never never land?
4: Yeah yeah yeah. I was wondering <laughs> did, wait yeah when do they enter Sandman? Like like, like when, when is that? Like is it um... opening
2: scene and yes! Sandman enters? Uh, I was
4: just curious like is he- I, I was does like, it feel like T It's it's
2: Netflix so there's even a there's even a Stranger Things uh tie in. for the no, Metallica And in oh. the
4: end of the season Hubie shows up and it's like they tie tie the whole Netflix well, universe. Well, I'm That's waiting on
2: the Netflix. See you. That's in Sandler's contract. Every Netflix property has to end with. Right. Hubie showing up.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Neil Gaiman shows up and he's just vomiting on a bike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. This week in movies, there's a couple of old ones coming back to theaters as reissues. Spider-Man No Way Home is getting a re-release with 11 additional minutes. Um, nothing significant from what I understand. You'll get another Charlie Cox uh, as matt murdoch has seen a different uh, um different post credit scene a different post credit scene which i watched on youtube today
3: oh I, I was i was asking with a question mark there is
0: there, there, there is because Ooh, what is it you remember well, the don't, previously don't they it did the it was a, it was a wait, doctor wait, wait, strange wait. trailer the doctor you strange watch? trailer yes. i wouldn't know yeah yeah, no, yeah i won't i won't reveal what it is it's text spoilery. Um, me spoilery i'm not gonna go see it um, oh i am gonna go see it i'm done yeah. go it. Uh,
3: Did
4: they did they find a way home this time, though, in this version? Wait, we're
3: all going to see old movies this weekend. You're going to see that Kevin's going to see Jaws and I'm going to go see The Shining.
4: Yes, you are. That's pretty good. Oh, look at us
3: not seeing new movies when they come out, but going out of our way to see movies that came out 40 years ago. So So Jaws
0: is going to be on IMAX uh, and also available in 3D. So I think it's available in both of those formats. Um, blasphemy
2: Jake... jaws 3 should be the only one in 3d yeah I mean, yeah yeah that, that which, which jaws? Enough, they're
3: re-releasing jaws 3d in 2d for some reason <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. Wh- which jaws is the one where like the the people are in that like that that museum water tunnel and like the shark comes that's like that's, it, that's it the three that's 3d that, that's that three. scene was terrifying man that scene scared
3: me like that's that's when like wasn't it like like the son of jaws or like was like coming yeah. after it was the like, mayor the mayor's
4: son yeah yeah yeah
0: um, it's Lucas oh. Jr.'s in that one as well, too. And uh, and Michael Caine's in four. Michael Caine is in four. Yes, Michael Caine. Uh, and then there's a movie called Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, which I think mm. Jake saw.
2: Jake, Yes, uh, Jake
0: well, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin and I both did. saw it.
3: Oh, you both um, did? Yeah, I, I actively dislike this film. Oh. Um, it go. is sort of a um, <laughs> it's kind of a mockumentary in in the vein of like a spinal tap where a documentary crew is following sort of this this pastor of this mega ultra massive baptist church think like a Joel Osteen a Joel or Osteen, or yeah. a Jim and Tammy Faye Baker um and 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 uh, Regina Hall Regina Hall is his wife. Um, so they kind of have the the Jim and Tammy Faye Baker relationship. The idea being that he messed up. He did something bad and is trying to earn back his his giant crowds. And he thinks that if he gets a documentary crew to follow him around, that it'll make. I do think Sterling K. Brown and, and Regina are very charming. I just think that these two characters I, I think are just, I didn't enjoy spending time with them. I didn't enjoy either of these characters. I don't think either of them are particularly good people and neither of them ever really had any roundabout redeemable qualities. The review. I mean, I think the movie has a lot to say about that world and the world of religion and the hypocrisy that follows a lot of it. I almost wish it had the guts to say a little bit more. I almost wished if you were going to jump into the pool, you're going to go into the deep end and it kind of just floats around somewhere in the middle. Hmm. Um, but uh, but, I, but I just found the the characters and just the plot itself. Just not a not an enjoyable experience to watch. Um, and it just didn't work for me, despite the fact that I really do like Sterling and Regina.
4: Have you going to defend it? I really liked it. I thought it was really well done. Um, huh? I thought Regina and Sterling I... K. Brown were awesome in the movie, and I actually like thought her character was very redeemable, uh, I thought she was a great character. And she was that this film um, is being billed as a comedy. Um, but I also think it's a very tragic uh story as well um about uh this idea of the person that we put out into the world versus who we really are and the perception of what how people take us in versus the person we may be or the um and I found uh it was really cool how they play with the aspect ratio of this movie as well because uh the film has basically two different aspect ratios so the, the world of the movie that you're in when you're watching the movie is widescreen. But then when you go into the documentary footage, you go into like this one, six, six, four by three format with the black bars and the left and the right. So that becomes a subconscious or a conscious way for you to, dis, to differentiate between the movie they're making in the movie and the movie that you're watching. Um, And it's really kind of a cool thing to see. Like, I, I thought it was funny when you'd be in the middle of the film and then they would jump into the documentary and they would come back to real life. And then the differences in how they would act in each of those scenarios for the cameras um, was really, really uh, interesting. Um, I thought Sterling K. Brown, his performance is incredible. Like, I thought him and Regina were great together. Um, this is produced by Jordan Peele and Daniel Kaluuya. Um, and this is the Monkey Paw Productions. You'll see that logo at the beginning of the film. Um i i do think that one thing that jake said i think i do agree with is like they 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 maybe could have taken a couple more deeper jabs um at some of the things they were discussing but to me the 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 church and the religion aspect of it to me really isn't even really the point of the movie this is the way i i took it i took it more of a as a as a movie about being who you are and being true to yourself and and not and 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 um, I That's the way I took it. And again, no, and
3: I agree with there. There are a lot of aspects about that. I think my my issue with it is that a lot of what you're talking about without getting into spoilers, a lot of these 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 personal deep rooted revelations, I think, come around the second act. But I think my biggest issue is that they spend so much of the first act in a, whether and it's a funny way or not like giving us examples of how neither of them are are particularly great people. I mean, mean, we're talking about people that that spend massive amounts of the church money on cars and, and, and high end clothes. And, you know, so much of, of Regina's character, at least off the top is about preserving so much of their relationship and her husband's image selfishly for herself. And so by the time these these personal revelations come along, for me it was just a little bit too late because it's just like, okay, yes, I get what you're saying about like who they are as people, but you just spent thirty minutes giving me so many examples about why these people deep down really aren't that great. So I don't give a shit about your personal revelations because you just you're spending the church's money on high end Prada suits see, and bragging about the Prada suits
4: and bragging about your Lamborghinis. And I, so I don't really give a shit about see, what you're going through. I completely saw that differently. I saw it as. The people that we met in the beginning of the film were were in a mindset where they didn't really understand kind of what they were doing, right? And I think that to and my my personal well, that, that,
3: opinion, that's also one oh. of the big issues I had with the, the 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 Baker movie is that like I don't necessarily think that Tammy Faye was in, innocent in that whole
4: situation, oh, which I'm I think saying, so.
3: So that's that on. was I had the same issue with both films, is what I'm
4: saying. Let me clarify: I'm not saying these characters are innocent. I'm saying that they are so in their heads about what they're doing that they're just moving through life without really any empathy about what they're actually doing, right? But the point that I'm making is, as the film unravels and you watch Regina Hall's character kind of go through her arc, her arc is the is the point of the film, which is literally this idea of, like, coming to a realization of what they were actually doing wrong. And in my opinion, Sterling K. Brown like that's his whole storyline we could dive into that later if we ever get back to this film but i i think the film is yes it's commenting on that style of mega church and like using the money for things you shouldn't be using it for etc i i completely agree that that's all in there but i feel like these characters are much deeper than that and i actually believe the arc i think they're Regina was was uh, her character specifically i found her to be redeemable at the end very redeemable and I felt for her um and so I think there's a lot in that movie that it, it it's not this satirical comedy it's being pushed as it's i thought it was super tragic in my personal so, opinion and but also this is again anybody who watches this film comes from different perspectives like you know if you're if you know about the Joel olstein stuff or whatever like that like i'm you know i just was more in. I was more involved in it from a character standpoint than I was about the church aspect of it. If that makes sense.
0: So let's see. Did you choose this for your hashtag Regina Hall blend pick? I because did not. we're playing Regina Hall blend uh, for our game this week.
4: Yeah, kick us off. I do think she's great in it. Um, my favorite thing she's ever done is Scary Movie. I also um, picked Scary Movie. Did you? All right. Just, just yeah. because, like, I remember. Well, first of all, um, Scary Movie. I. I the spoof genre, um, if you want to call it that, um, you know, I love Scream so much. And to like see an R-rated version of that in a comedic spin, but Regina's performance in that, and again, this goes back to everything I've been saying for years about comedy. Like scary movie will never be looked at as a quality picture. And I'm not saying it needs to be, but I am saying that the performances in that film, especially from Regina Hall. are, are incredible um but they're but they're never gonna be taken seriously and it's funny because like i always joke that i love not another teen movie you know it's a raunchy spoof that movie is really well written in terms of like the jokes that it's making and the world that it's building and you know obviously some of the things in those these movies are not appropriate anymore but at the same time i don't know i just remember regina that was that was that was in my that first scene
0: with her? Is it Mike Epps? No, no it's not it's a, Mike Epps. Are you talking about the movie theater? Who's in Scary Movie with her? Yeah.
4: Well, Omar Epps is in... Omar Epps. That's it, no, no, but, that, He's in no Scream but Omar two. Epps is in Scream 2. That's the oh. scene they're making fun right. of. Oh. So in Scream, it's, uh, in Scream uh, it's, 2, it's uh, Omar Wayans. Epps. Right, so it's Omar Epps and Regina... Uh, I'm sorry, okay. Scream 2 uh, is Omar Epps and Jada Pickett-Smith. Yeah. Scary Movie 2 is Regina Hall and I believe... Um, Marlon uh, Wayne. No, isn't isn't it Sean? Isn't it's it Sean. No, it's, no D- Damon. Oh wait, Sean. Sean's
3: Sean's the one that gets the the dick in the ear, right? Because he isn't he dating, <laughs> isn't
0: he
4: dating Virginia Hall's character? That sounds I, right.
0: I don't know. I haven't seen it forever, but please, whoever runs that out of context, <laughs> please, please, please use that. L- line, let me please. double. Let me double
4: check this. but also like, make
0: sure that you use the correct
3: spelling the correct of Sean. Sean because yes. otherwise, <laughs> not me.
0: <laughs> well, anyway, Jake, go ahead. You keep going. Yeah, we'll I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I, uh,
3: I
4: picked scary movie as well. Um, that's a movie that like. Okay, I I, I just want to clarify it. We are right. So, so in so just to clarify, in Scream Two, Jada and um, Omar Epps, and then the scene they're making fun of in Scary Movie Two ends up being Regina Hall and Sean Wayne's because they're dating in the film. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, But it is confusing because you think of the Scream Two scene. I got confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right.
3: Yeah, uh, I picked scary movie. There are um, I look, it's been 20 years since that movie came out. It's probably been 15 since I've seen it. There are a, a lot of things that I b- laughed at whenever I was 12 years old and thought it was the funniest thing in the world. I've seen a handful of clips here and there 20 years later that I, I mean, don't make me laugh like they used to. There's a lot of like, oh, that's right. That was funny 20 years ago, but it's not sure. really. But her stuff <laughs> to me still makes me laugh out loud and she's what seeing i appreciate shakespeare about, in love right yeah Don't she's, she's seeing, seeing shakespeare in
4: love yeah
3: um <laughs> but what i love about about her character brenda isn't so much that like she's endured 20 years and still is probably the funniest part of that movie but she seems to have a great appreciation for that character like she was just recently in my studio with sterling for um for honk for jesus and i had planned on bringing uh, showing the clip of her in the movie theater where she's commentating on on Shakespeare in love Um, and a lot of people in my studio were like how are you gonna like transition to that how are you gonna like, Bring, casually bring up this character and she brought her up like in a very loving, like talking about Brent. I was like, Oh, awesome. Like that's, so the fact that like, she still loves that. And I, and I sure. know that I saw a few other people's interviews where she brought her up as well. So like, she still seems to have an appreciation and affinity for that character, which in turn makes me still love that character even more. So again, I don't necessarily super love that movie as much as I did when I was like 12 years old, but I love her in that movie. And I think any, any aspect of comedy that can last 20 years, years 25 years particularly when it was from the early 2000s where a lot of questionable comedies came from uh and still be funny i think uh thumbs up to that
0: all right you guys went comedy um i wanted to go drama uh i wanted to call out her performance uh and the film in general the hate you give
3: yes love that movie
0: incredibly powerful yeah um and uh i went into that movie expecting it to be powerful and it Mm -hmm. was so much more effective uh than even i thought it was going to be yeah uh not just for her although she's terrific in it um but for Amanda Stenberg also who really stood out and caught my eye um and it tackled you know a really difficult topic of uh police shootings at a time when that story was everywhere in the news and it felt like that movie was hitting at the exact right time to comment on it um terrible you know that it has to come out at a time when that and that story is so relevant and in the news, but um, the movie doesn't pull any punches. The cast commits to it completely, uh, asks the really difficult questions that have to be asked in a story like that. Um, and I just uh, looking over Regina's filmography, she's done a lot of comedies. And you're going to see when we get to the audience picks that, that a lot of people do go for her funny stuff because she's an extremely gifted uh, comedian, Um the other one I might have gone with was Girl's Trip, where I just think she has great chemistry with mm-hmm. everybody in that cast. Girl's
4: Trip is incredible. So funny. That movie is so funny. Like genuinely one of the funniest movies I've seen in years.
0: But The Hate You Give just felt it felt so contemporary and so important uh, when it came out. And I thought everybody was really um, operating on a different level uh, in that one. So I wanted to give credit to her and choose that one. Uh, Damien McDonnell talking about our audience picks also went with the hate you give john palmer uh said death at a funeral ariel pace went with the honeymooners and then a ton of people joined you guys with scary movie uh (laughs) kim and zen oh zen jake and jose munez uh and many many others went with scary you knows you knows you knows what did i say munez 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 like frankie munez yes um which is the one that has uh the priest taking a dump on the toilet that's that scary movie too. That's James, James Woods. Woods. When yeah. he says that,
4: he shows up to the house and he goes, I need to, re- I must release these demons. And then, it, and then he goes in the bathroom and then the flies are all flying around. And he goes, ah, oh, those enchiladas. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's one of my favorite, man. I love that
3: scene. My, my favorite part of that scene is right before when he basically represents all people in this situation where he walks into the room with, with Reagan, quote unquote, who her head spins around and he just goes, after. fuck this. And walks out. <laughs> (laughs)
0: I feel like I need
4: to rewatch those. So, when he says those enchiladas, I want to just spend like 30 (laughs) seconds on this because you guys guys think I'm joking, but the delivery of that line is brilliant like like <laughs> let me tell you why like he's on that toilet and he you know he has this explosion or whatever and then the best part about it is like he comes that like you see it on his eyes you see him come to the realization he goes oh yeah those enchiladas <laughs> and it's, just, it's just such a great <laughs> it's a real
0: realization thank you James Lipton for breaking James. down the approach <laughs> to the exciting scene all right James, next week
4: James Woods man wow uh,
0: reach out to uh. us on Twitter using hashtag john boyega blend we're going to discuss the films of john Ooh. boyega uh so let us know your pick on social media or you can email us at realblend@cinemablend.com. at cinemablend.com. uh that is also where you can guys leave us a review if you would like to we'll read it here on the show you can head over to apple podcasts uh or even to spotify and you can leave us a rating uh and then a review over there our next premium episode as i mentioned is going to be the box office game which is a lot of fun Uh, So to make sure that you are getting all your bonus episodes dropped on Monday, check the description here where you can uh, learn how to sign up for real blend premium. In the meantime, follow us on social media. Jake Hamilton is at Jake's takes Uh, Kevin McCarthy TV for your boy. K Mac. Uh, I'm at Sean underscore O'Connell. Gabe is at Gabe Kovach and the show is at real blend again. Reminder guys, we're not here next week. We will have an hour plus episode uh, with Kevin Smith. And then we'll be back with some updates from uh, Toronto and D23 and all the other fun stuff coming this fall. So
1: until then,
4: those enchiladas! Those enchiladas!
1: <laughs> oh, this. <laughs> That's the new one. <laughs>